Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. All right, Alyssa, the Bears were so fired up to prove to the league we're 5-2. and two. We can hang with the best teams in the NFC. And, oh, man, the air is out of the balloon. You know, the day after that Monday night loss to the Rams. 24-10, to 10, but I'm not giving the offense any credit for that 10 points. Let's just say right off the top, the defense scored the touchdown. So I'm just going to say, I'm going to say 24-3, to three, the Bears lost, because they don't even deserve credit for the 7 points. That, that was the defense. The offense is just so disappointing right now, and that's, that's where I want to lead off for sure. I want to talk about this struggling offense, but what do you think, first off, what's your leadoff takeaway off the game? Well, the Bears are who everyone certainly thought they were. You right, know, they, right. they, they did not a prove, lot of criticism. Yep, didn't prove anyone wrong, unfortunately. No, and I mean, you could argue they were disrespected as a 5-1 and one team to a degree, but this is exactly why people were disrespecting them and why they weren't believers because of that offense. I mean, when your defense outscores you, that's as that's about as pathetic as it gets. <laughs> You're only able to put up three points in four quarters, and they were in the red zone three times on the Rams' four-yard line, and they still could not convert. It was just a pathetic effort all around, and it, it feels like it's a broken record. It's the same story every week. It, it's the same issues on offense. Yep. The, the, the issue is nothing is being done to fix it, and it's just it's frustrating, and you're just wondering when is a change going to happen, whatever change that may be. The only change they made on Monday night Alyssa was handing the ball to Corderell Patterson on fourth and one in a key situation. It's like, I, I, like well, that's, not, that's not a change. They've done that. Oh, they've, they, okay. They've been doing that. <laughs> uh, maybe I haven't seen enough of these. My God. I, uh, as someone who watched the Patriots see that with, with Patterson back in the day, I was like slamming my head against the remote control. Like, stop that. Don't do that anymore. Get that out of the gameplay. Oh. Get that out of the, but yeah, no, I thought you just put that perfectly. The Bears defense beat the Bears. 7-3 to three in this ballgame. And, mm-hmm. and that's where we're at. And that's where we're at. And you talked about the broken record. And I was looking at the transcript from uh, Matt Nagy's postgame. Even he knows that he's being repetitive, right? I'll just read a little bit of the quote from the transcript uh, from the presser. Uh, what do we do? And how did we get to this point? I hate to feel repetitive, but that's the only thing we can do. We're 5-2. and two. We built this little cushion. And now it's our job to be able to use it and not lose it. I, like, I highlighted that quote because I'm like, Huh? Like, what? What's it like? Oh, at least we got a cushion. I hate to break it to you, Matt, but you're about to play the Saints and the Titans. So this cushion might be gone soon if you guys don't figure out the offensive piece. And you said it, Alyssa, like, what do we do? And, and Matt Nagy's trying to figure it out. We're all trying to figure out what do the Bears do? Do we try to give Lamar Miller more touches, get him involved? Do we try to get Mitch Trubisky another shot? Because Nick Foles, we could talk about some of the stats. Nick Foles has been really bad. And we, we were having fun with the ugly Foles thing last week, but I haven't come off of the point that he just played bad football all the way around and I've been saying that every single week it was terrible against the Rams I'm starting to get to the point where I think the coach should hand off the play sheet and give somebody else the play calling duties for a little while how about that let Matt Nagy manage the game like a head coach is supposed to do Sean McVay used to be buried in that play sheet and between drives he'd be on the bench in his play sheet and not even watch the defense in his first couple years coaching he's come off of that now he manages the game somebody else calls the plays I think Matt Nagy's got to hand over the play sheet something's got to give what would be the first thing you'd like to see them change, uh, Alyssa? What's what's step number one of their like four-step plan to fix the offense here? Honestly, what I'd like to see change and what I think will actually happen are two completely different things. 
because as you said, I want Matt Nagy to hand off play calling duties. I'm I mean, with you 100%. Let's go. We, we got to start a campaign or a hashtag or something but for this. But he's not going to do it. No, I mean, this no, is the same so. thing that happened last year where it got to the point late in the season where, and it would be a question I feel like almost weekly, like, you know, is Matt Nagy going to give up play calling duties? And it was even a question heading into this season. And he's like, nope, you know, this is me. He wants to be that Andy Reid kind of guy. You know what I mean? Uh, but even Andy Reid does the Eric Bieniemy call plays. So yeah. it's like Matt Nagy was so stubborn. He wants to be in control. He wants this to work, this offense. He wants his offense to work so desperately that he's he's just, you know, not doing what's best for it. Something needs to change. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's Nagy giving up play calling. Put your biscuit back in there. I mean, do something because <laughs> like yeah. it's the same old thing. Matt Nagy leaned on that record as a crutch. You know, oh, we're five and one. You know, the offense was bad, but guess what? We're still five and one. That's because of your defense. Your offense has just continuously gotten worse week after week. You are doing nothing. It is your job as the play caller, as head coach, as the offensive guru you were brought into Chicago to fix this offense. It's your job to get it going. And nothing has happened. It keeps getting worse. You need to do something about it. So start making a change. I don't care where that change starts, but you got to start somewhere. What do we do? How did we get here? You know, it's like, what, what is, what are we listening to post game? It's, it's out of control. And I'm sure you heard about this. Uh, Brian Greasy, who was on the broadcast, he's on the Monday night football broadcast. He had this quote. I know Foles has come out and he's kind of walked this comment back, said it was taken out of context, but I don't believe uh, Foles at all. I think this is, yeah. I think this is, this is legit where he said, Nagy doesn't know how much time is back there relative to getting the play calls in. And I believe that there's something there. Like maybe it didn't come across exactly as Foles wanted it to to Greasy, or maybe he didn't know Greasy was going to use that thing when they had their like little meeting before the game you know they do that like a day before the game there's something there right there's something between Foles and Nagy that doesn't seem to be like a hundred percent connecting right maybe we can maybe we can start to piece that thing together like maybe that's not like the well-oiled machine that <laughs> we've been led to believe because the stats certainly don't show it no I mean I completely believe that Bowles told Greasy something along the lines of that. I'm sorry. I mean, of course they're going to walk it back. What do you expect, you know, them both to come out and flat out admit it or Foles to admit it? I, I definitely think there's a disconnect there. But the thing I do like about Foles, aside from the fact that he's just like not performing, is that he's going to challenge Matt Nagy, you know, whether it's on the sideline or whether it's when he's, you know, having these production meetings with, you know, the, you know, the Monday Night Crew. Like something is not clicking and it's not Nick Foles' fault. Bowles, I think we can admit that. Looking now, you had Mitch Trubisky play, you know, started three games. You've had Foles over these last we're in what week seven so last four games it's not just the quarterback that's the issue and I think that's the one thing that has become glaringly clear at this point that it's not the quarterback it's not just the quarterback it goes back to Matt Nagy this is his offense thinking back to when Trubisky was in there I mean it wasn't good but the offense, the, the run game was working back when Trubisky was in at quarterback because Nagy had to adjust the offense. So he has made adjustments before. And then when it, it seemed like when Foles came in, it went right back to the offense Matt Nagy wants to use that has not worked over the last two years. And it's just the same thing. Like, he'll make changes, but then he goes right, he reverts right back to things that do not work. And it's just frustrating. I mean, Nick Foles, can you blame him? That offensive line is just abysmal. And then they, you know, Cody Whitehair goes out too. And it's just like, you do not want to be Nick Foles back there. He is a stand. He's a statue. He cannot he a statue. move back there. He is a statue. at least with Trubisky. He could scramble and kind of get you know get the heck 
out of there. But Foles, he doesn't have time to set his feet <laughs> to do anything. So, you know, and Matt Nagy calling these plays, the plays that he wants to run, you know, he likes his little cutesy plays and all this. If it's not working and you see that your offensive line is getting no push up front, they're not able to block anyone and Foles is getting blasted every play. Why are you continuing to do that? You need to make adjustments, which is something that the Rams have done. You saw you saw Sean McVay make adjustments, uh, you know, going back to the you know, 2018 game, obviously, and these last two performances have looked completely different. The offense they've brought out here. Matt Nagy just is not making the adjustments that he needs to. Yep, it's on the head coach, 100%. Uh, we're completely aligned on this, Alyssa. Like, it's on him. He's also the one, and I, I agree with you, it's it's not all Foles' fault because Matt Nagy brought him in here. You know, that, that's this is the guy that Matt Nagy brought in mm-hmm. to compete with Trubisky for the job. And so this is his guy, handpicked. So if Foles doesn't fit in the offense, and I don't think he does because I want to talk about uh, some of these stats that are really alarming coming up in the next segment, I think Trubisky might fit the system better. Like, Foles doesn't, doesn't seem to be the right fit for the Bears. As much as we all like Foles, the guy. I want to talk about Foles, the quarterback, and, and whether Matt Nagy screwed this up bringing him over. Let's talk about that on the other side. We'll do that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit him, start him. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here. Let's talk about Week 8 strong plays as we approach the critical time of the fantasy football season. Despite what has been an awful season for Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, now is the time to get him into your lineup. The Dallas Cowboys are actually a statistically mid-range defense against quarterbacks in 2020, but the position has still averaged 25.5 fantasy points per game and has thrown 15 touchdowns in 7 contests versus just 1 interception. Wentz has been a turnover machine in 2020. Expect that trend to be bucked this week. He has just enough weapons to be relevant in a fantasy football lineup. Not much has gone right for the New England Patriots on either side of the ball in 2020. Running back Damian Harris could be the bright spot this week against the Buffalo Bills. Injuries have plagued this defense, and Buffalo has given up 15% more fantasy points than average in the last three games, fueled by four touchdowns allowed in those three contests. With Cam Newton struggling so much throwing the ball, look for Bill Belichick to give it to the running game more than usual. The Seattle Seahawks have been a wealth of fantasy points for wide receivers in 2020. 49ers receiver Brandon Ayuk has a chance to shine in Week 8. Seattle has been hilariously bad against wide receivers in 2020, giving up 60.1 PPR points per game. The next closest team is Cleveland at 48.3. San Francisco just lost Debo Samuel for a couple of games with a hamstring injury last week, and you can bet Ayuk, who has been a consistent contributor as a rookie, will find various ways to perform up to par in fantasy football in Week 8. Seattle has to focus on containing George Kittle, and that will give a lot of opportunities for Ayuk to use his speed down the field. Chicago Bears tight end Jimmy Graham gets a rematch against his former employer facing the New Orleans Saints. Tight ends have scored once a game on average versus this defense, and four different players have logged at least a dozen PPR points against New Orleans in 2020. Graham doesn't even need a lot of volume in this one to offer a better-than-average chance at finding the end zone in Week 8. For all of your fantasy football tips, information, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, Alyssa, as you said, I don't think I don't think it's all Foles' fault. It's because he didn't, I mean, Matt Nagy wanted him. He brought him in here. Foles had to trust that he fit this system, right? But as you said, Foles is kind of a statue. He's playing behind a bad offensive line. And now he's turning the football over, which on top of some of his other deficiencies, as we've seen in these first, what, four starts, that's scary. If he's going to turn the football over, then how's Mitch Trubisky feeling on the sideline? He's like, bro, I could do this. Like, come on, what are you doing? What are you benching me for? I was supposed to be the franchise guy. The Bears have only scored a high of 23 points in Nick Foles' four starts, which I, which I think is, is an indictment 
point. If you're only going to score 23 points, you're not going to win a lot of NFL football games. I don't care how good your defense is. It's 2020. Points are too easy to score. The, the rules are stacked against the defense. Got to score more points. And I keep coming back to Foles' uh, QB rating. He's one of the worst in QB rating, and his 5.9 average yards per attempt is second to last in the NFL. And that's because he can't complete the ball down the field. How many times is he going to overshoot Darnell Mooney down the field? A wide open you know, receiver down the field. You know what I mean? So, man, Alyssa, I am so worried about Foles, the quarterback. Love Foles, the guy, the whole ugly Foles narrative. I had a lot of fun with that last week, and I do like it, and I love his pressers, but I'm worried about Foles, the quarterback, and never more so than I am right now. And I am actually, for those Bears fans pushing for another Mitch Trubisky sighting, I'm kind of starting to get there too, because I think Trubisky fits this offense better. He moves around a little bit better, as you said, and that offense is like, you need a quarterback that can move around a little bit, get outside the pocket, run around. Like, Foles is, he's not that guy, so I'm kind of on the Trubisky train. <laughs> Here we go. Let's do it. I was all <laughs> in on Foles. I was all on, I was all in on Foles last week, and now I'm back on the Trubisky train. I know, I overreact way too much, but I'm, I'm kind of there. What do you think? The idea of bringing Nick Foles to Chicago made perfect sense. You know, I think that he does fit this system well. We saw it in Philadelphia, but it, they're two completely different situations. You know, you look at what Philadelphia had. They had a solid offensive line, a run game, a line that could block. You look at this Bears situation. They don't have the same talent. I think that if everything was going right around Foles, that it would work, that he would be the guy. He can sit back there and freaking throw the ball, all of this. But I think in Chicago, where everything is just, it's just, it's more than one thing on offense. It's the offensive line. It's the play caller. It's the receivers. You know, there were some drop balls out there again. The run game is just atrocious. I think that Foles doesn't fit the current situation that's happening in Chicago because it is more than less than ideal at this point. But if things were going as they should, which I feel like that's what Matt Nagy wants to happen. And like, he keeps hoping it's going to happen, that everything is going to suddenly align and the run game is going to be working. That, you know, the offensive line is going to be able to protect the quarterback. He's going to have plenty of time back there it's just it feels like he's just daydreaming waiting for it to happen and it's not but you know like you said this isn't me trying to say like oh oh you know Mr. Trubisky is a better quarterback I don't know who's the better quarterback because they both look terrible behind there mm -hmm. you I mean I really don't think it's fair to judge both of them given the situations that they're in and I think that you know you've seen how Foles has struggled it's the same way that Trubisky has struggled but maybe the one thing going for Mitch at this point is that he's mobile and can get out of there because it just completely collapses back there Agreed. so I mean it's just I don't I mean I, I want Foles to succeed but the way that things are going and that the offensive line, it just it continues to look atrocious. And hopefully Cody Whitehair is okay because, God, I cannot imagine this offensive line without two offensive starters in the interior. Uh, it, it's just going to be pretty brutal. So, I mean, you know, I understand how Nick Foles can fit into this offense and how he it would be a good fit for him. But that's when things are going right around him. And that's just not what's happening in Chicago right now. Well, bad news. they got to play the Saints coming up here. <laughs> oh. And the Saints can get after you, too. And the Saints seem to be hitting their stride a little bit. So we'll look ahead. We'll look, we'll, we'll look ahead to Bears Saints. We'll do that in our next segment after our uh, sports betting pick of the week from the USA Today Sportsbook Wire. We'll do that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of Sportsbook Wire and Bet Slipping Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 8 Monday Night Football matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New York Giants. The Bucs at 5-2 are favored by 10.5 points with minus 115 odds. The Giants, 1-6, 
are getting 10 and a half points at home, minus 106 odds. They're also plus 390 on the money line. Jeff, is there any way listeners can take the Giants in this game? Oh, absolutely. I'm on the Giants plus 10 and a half. Tampa Bay will be without uh, one of its best wide receivers in Chris Godwin. And the Giants have covered seven over the last eight when getting double digits since 2004, including earlier this year against the Los Angeles Rams, who are a good team. Get out of here. The Giants offense, an absolute mess. The Bucks. They have won every game by at least seven points, four by at least 14 points, five different leading receivers. That Giants defense doesn't have it to stop them. Subscribe to Bet7 Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Alyssa, another another prove-it game, right? If they beat the Saints, then all will be right in the world. If the, if the Bears can figure out a way to win this game. But, oh, man, the Saints, things seem to be going their way. We've been waiting for Michael Thomas to finally come back for the Saints. It, it wasn't this past week. What's your leadoff take of this matchup with New Orleans coming into uh, Chicago? I think back to last year and things, it, 2019 and 2020 are one and the same, except for maybe the defense is performing a little better because they still have Akeem Hicks in there. But it's the exact same season. And they played the Saints last year and they got absolutely destroyed. The offense was just abysmal, which is just a theme. Yeah. And that was without, mind you, Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, and they got destroyed by the Saints still. So, and now you have both of those guys back there. And, you know, Michael Thomas, you know, if he plays, it's going to be even worse. But even with that said, it's still a game that I think that they can win. But everything has to go right. You need the offense to step up, which is it's the same thing every week. This team can win games with this defense, but the offense has to do its part. They cannot score three points and expect to win. It's exactly like this reminds me, uh, or the Rams game reminds me of the Colts game earlier in the year, where, I mean, they scored 10 points, but essentially they scored three until the final minutes of the game. And then they came, you know, into this matchup against the Buccaneers, where it's just like, oh my gosh, they're going to get absolutely blown out. And they showed up, you know, the defense obviously was a big part of that. And they took over the game and the offense did just enough, which... If they're going to beat the Saints, it needs to be some kind of combination of that. Well, I got to give you credit, Alyssa, though. You did nail your uh, Bears pick last week, the show play. I put it out on Twitter. We went with the under (laughs) 44 and a half, right? We definitely hit that thanks to the Bears not scoring any points. I hope other people followed that bet and that advice other than me because I I won a little bit of money on Monday night betting that. So good for you, Alyssa. Let's let's go for two for two, right? Let's go for two for two. What's your Bears pick of the week? You can either pick the line or the over-under. And I think these are kind of interesting. The line is only 44. The over-under is at 44. So it's right at where it was against the Rams, not too far away. And then the Saints are favored by four on the road. So the Bears are getting some credit for being at home, I think. Maybe some credit for the Saints not looking like that juggernaut team that they've been in the past. Kind of got lucky to escape the Panthers last week for sure. So what do you think? Like, what? Where is your advice lie? I mean, Vegas isn't totally out on the Bears. It's only a four-point spread. It seems a little bit low to me. I think there might be some value on the Saints here, unless the Bears can really, really fix some things up quick. What do you think? Bears plus four or over under 44? What do you think? What, what are you looking at? Oh, I'm looking at that 44. And I, I'm again, I'm tempted to take under. I don't see, I, I mean, I feel like this Bears defense, looking back at the Rams game, I was going to use that is a lot of, I know the Rams put up 24 points on them, but those are some short fields at times because the Bears offense just was not converting on fourth down. Yep. I don't think that the Bears defense is going to give up a lot of points. It's more is the offense going to put them in those kind of situations? Uh, I'm still tempted to take the under uh, 44 on that. 
It's just, I don't see the Bears offense, like just suddenly just changing and being able to score a lot of points. I don't, I think the Saints will win and they'll have the edge there, but I just don't see the Saints also putting up that many points on this Bears defense. So I would take that under there with the 44. Yeah, I like, I like that too. It's also a short week for the Bears. So if you're going to like yeah. fix all these problems, it's going to be harder to do on a short week, isn't it? So it does seem like things are lining up for the Saints a little bit in this matchup. So, uh, you know, if they lose this game, Alyssa, Matt Nagy's cushion is going to be, his cushion is going to be gone a little bit he's been talking about the cushion the five and two cushion well, that thing's starting to it's starting to deflate there matt so they're got to figure some things out the cushion's going away here it could be five and four they could have gone from they could go from five and one to five and four but then at the same time still have a chance to make the playoffs because of some of the games they have coming up if they can win 10 games it's just this, this year is crazy but matt Nagy can't can't lean on that anymore i mean yeah you were five and one now you're five and two and you have two very difficult games coming up and you do have the vikings coming up which i know they're terrible but division games we know are just different kind of games yep no no ask the bills ask the bills they played the jets last week <laughs> jets were winning at uh, halftime i was like well, what is happening here <laughs> jets come on 2020 oh yeah unbelievable but what do you think like if the bears do lose these games to the saints and uh the titans which we know they're they're going to be favored to lose these games no one's going to be picking the bears yeah. you know to win straight up unless you you like to live on the edge a little bit they're going to be underdogs in these games if they do fall to 5 and 4 what would the panic level become Alyssa in 2 weeks like gauge the panic level i mean 5 and 4 Matt Nagy let's hope it doesn't get to that man you got to do something uh, change something stop being, just don't be stubborn give the play calling off to Bill Lazor something make a change somewhere hand off off the play sheet hand off the play sheet it's time it's time or else this cushion's gonna be gone matt the cushion's leaving cushion's gone <laughs> so uh man i would hate to see the bears without their cushion i wouldn't oh gosh cushion's gonna be a blanket soon. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so hey Alyssa, have a great week all right you too ryan this usa today sports podcast has been presented by usa today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.